0: Chapter 19 of The Clue of the Silken Ladder by Mildred A. Wirt Benson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Cheryl Adams, Skowhegan, Maine, 2016. Chapter 19. Penny Investigates. Penny debated whether or not to follow Slippery. Deciding that she should try to keep him within sight, she abandoned her post beneath the window and ran to the front of the building already the young man was far down the lane walking rapidly before penny could overtake him he hailed a taxi and drove away by the time she obtained another cab pursuit was futile to the star office penny ordered the driver although slippery had eluded her she did not feel that her morning's work had been wasted she believed that her father would be very much interested in a report of her findings it's evident that slippery is connected with al gepper and various mediums of the celestial temple she reflected i am sure too that he's the one who broke into our house but to prove it may not be so easy penny had not fully understood the conversation which she had overheard between slippery and sade that they distrusted each other was evident but why had the woman feared slippery might break into the bell tower during the guard's absence Something of great value to that organization must be kept there, she reasoned. But what could it be? Penny believed that her father would not delay in requesting the police to search the bell tower of the celestial temple. However, a disappointment awaited her. Upon arriving at the newspaper office, DeWitt stopped her as she went past his desk. Don't go in there, he said, jerking his thumb toward Mr. Parker's private room. Why not? asked Penny in surprise. Is Dad having a conference? DeWitt nodded as he composed a two-column headline with J.P. Henley. The star's sugar daddy. Our biggest advertiser. He's threatening to go over to the record. Why, that's serious. It is if he quits the star. The old man, I mean Mr. Parker, DeWitt corrected hastily, has been trying to soften him up for the past two hours. Whatever you do, don't Bust in there now. I won't, Mr. DeWitt, but I did want to see Dad. Anything I can do for you? Penny hesitated. Well, I wanted to talk to him about something I learned today at the Celestial Temple. Oh, yes, nodded the city editor, his attention on a sheet of copy. Mr. Parker's handling that campaign personally. Sorry I can't be of service. Rather startled by DeWitt's unusual politeness, Penny glanced hopefully toward Jerry Livingston's desk. It was littered with papers, but quite deserted. With a sigh, she left the building and walked to Door Street, where she had left her maroon car. Upon reaching home, she found that Mrs. Weems was not there, and that she had forgotten her own key. For a time, she sat disconsolately on the front porch. Then she decided to go to the Hodel garage, where Leaping Lena had been left for repairs three days earlier. The car was ready, and with it, a bill for $8.42. "'I'll have to give you a dollar on account and pay the remainder next week,' said Penny. "'Or would you rather keep the car as a deposit?' "'Give me the dollar,' said the garage man hastily. Penny became even more depressed as she drove the automobile home. Not for the world would she openly admit that she had made a mistake in repurchasing Lena. Secretly, she acknowledged that two cars were an unbearable financial drain upon slender resources. Turning into her own street, Penny saw Mrs. Weems walking toward home and stopped for her. I've just come from the Hodges, the housekeeper commented, climbing into the car. You have, inquired Penny eagerly. Did you learn anything? No, I didn't. Mr. Gepper seemed very unwilling to conduct another séance he acted so different this time almost as if he bore me a personal grudge he's probably provoked because your inheritance eluded him he did tell mrs hodges that he doubted i had any money mrs weems responded what happened at the seance why nothing the table moved and we heard a few raps that was all no message from cousin david not a word or a sign Mr. Gepper seemed very indifferent about it all. He said that he couldn't give me another appointment unless I paid for it. What do you think about him now? Penny asked curiously. Don't you agree with Dad and me that he was after your money? Yes, I was very silly, the housekeeper acknowledged. Mrs. Hodges has begun to lose faith in him too. She says he's been bringing all sorts of folks to her place. When she told him she didn't care to have the house overrun with strangers, he became very unpleasant. You mean he threatened her? In a mild way. He told her that he would stay as long as he pleased and she could do nothing about it. Mrs. Hodges is afraid to go to the police now for fear she'll be arrested with Mr. Gepper. I wonder if he has ever charged for his séances, Penny said thoughtfully. I'm sure he has, Penny. Of course, I have no proof. Mrs. Weems, you must go there again this afternoon, Penny urged. Insist upon another séance and pay him for it. Then you'll be able to testify as a witness against him. But I don't wish to go into court, the housekeeper protested. Besides, Mr. Gepper won't be at the cottage this afternoon. Where is he going? Penny questioned alertly i don't know i heard him tell mrs hodges he would be gone this afternoon but would return for an eight o'clock seance why that's fine that's wonderful chuckled penny mrs weems gazed at the girl with sudden suspicion now what have you thought up she demanded nothing alarming grinned penny i merely planned to visit mr gepper's studio during his absence who knows, I may yet master a few of the finer points of ghost-making! End of chapter nineteen.